This is the First Presbyterian Church of Irvington podcast. Here at FPC Irvington, we believe the whole church is taking the whole gospel to the whole world. Wherever you hear this message from today, we pray that you are blessed by our ministry and message. My message to you this morning, in the meanwhile, please pray with me and for me. Gracious God, heaven and earth will pass away, but your words will not pass away. Your word stands forever. May our generation be attentive so that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we remember your ways and gladly do right. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Today, as you've heard, on the first Sunday of Advent, instead of angels bringing tidings of joy to the people, the lectionary that is suggested to us by the PCUSA asks for us to consider the end of the world. Now, to be honest, that's a topic I would much rather ignore or put on the list of sermons I to be covered someday. But it's something that we have been learning about through Reverend Abiji. At least something about eternity that of course comes after the end of the world. And here I am, a second week in a row, talking about some serious stuff. Last week, Reading from Ezekiel 34, we heard, I asked if you were a fat sheep or a lean sheep. We talked about Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my shepherd. And I asked if you were using your God-given power to seek justice, rescue the Mm -hmm. oppressed, defend the orphan, and plead for the widow. Three years ago at Thanksgiving time, we distributed bags of food to more than 30 families from the community and nearly three times as many turkeys to church members. This year, because of Corona and the partnership we're in, things are so different. The Saturday before Thanksgiving, we distributed food to 85 families in need, plus a small number of turkeys. More importantly, Five to six church members come to work on handing out the bags and those behind the scene planning and the buying who found time to be part of this initiative. I'd like to think it was my inspiring words, but we know it was the Holy Spirit at work. As Paul tells us from Ephesians 3, God put his power to work in Jesus Christ. And he calls us to be the body of Christ in the world. Praise God. Yet yesterday, we didn't have enough food to distribute. So there is work still to be done. By his grace, we'll we'll be in better shape next week. Well, I hope your Thanksgiving was as good as it could be. And I trust that you took precautions to be safe. But that was Thursday. And we know what happens even before the leftover turkey is eaten. My alarm clock is set to music. So the first thing I heard Friday morning, believe it or not, very early, but the first thing I heard was a Christmas carol. And since then, and even before that, we know 
the world, at least in America, the joyous preparation for Christmas, the shopping, the carol singing, humming even when you don't want to, has begun. Shopping, yes, but this year, it's not just Black Friday, but it's been Black Friday week, it seems, to adjust for the new environment that, that we're in. Obviously, we've adopted, adapted to the changes. If you stayed home, you were the reason that in-store shopping was down 52%. If you shopped online, you added to the nine billion, that's with a B, dollars that was flying around in cyberspace. If that didn't do it for you, we know that we've got more things coming. Maybe the lighting of our Christmas, national Christmas tree, which will take place on December 3rd, Thursday, and stands 30 feet tall, will do it for you. The gospel lesson out of Mark this morning is about watching and waiting. Okay, you say, that makes sense. Reverend Kennedy, you just told us what Advent is all about. Well, here I come to be the mood breaker with another side of what scripture is talking about. The text we're hearing from Mark is a portion of what is called Little Apocalypse. Yes, Little Apocalypse. Here, Jesus is offering both prophetic judgment and prophetic comfort. He anticipates the end of times when heaven will literally quake and stars will begin to fall out of the sky. What sounds like a disaster, however, actually prepares the way for the Son of Man and his gathering of us, the elect. Friends, remember the first hearers of this message were the disciples. So they were walking to Jerusalem. Christ gives instructions that didn't mean anything to them on that day, but would in days and months and years to come. These words are talking about the end of the world. How scary is that? Well, I tell you how scary. Turn on the news and hear the words just recently about the assassination of Iran's top nuclear scientists. The Iranian government is blaming Israel and the US and vowing retaliation. And perhaps scarier still are the words the Trump administration is closely monitoring the situation. We've gotten used to be called, we've gotten used to what's called the CNN complex, that CNN complex. The syndrome was first identified and named during the Gulf War so many years ago, when people from around the world were glued to their screens, watching the, the battle scenes and ballistic attacks over and over again. The CNN complex has come to mean more generally in this postmodern addiction to news and bulletins. Whether we understand or comprehend the information or not is immaterial. We've become pathologically addicted simply to the information itself. We ingest information without digesting it, and we do it all the time. I won't ask for a show of hands, but how many of you watch more news today 
than you did in early 2016, specifically since November 8, 2016. I know I do. Prior to the change in the political climate, I watched major stations 2, 4, and 7, usually at 6 and 11, and didn't expect to hear anything too extraordinary. Now with my smartphone, my message alert goes off almost constantly with breaking news. And you usually watch the station that lines up with your political point of view to let you know how things have changed since 2016. As of this past June, 2020, Fox News Channel became the most watched cable news network in the United States for the age group 25 to 50. Fox News Channel, not Channel 5, but Fox News Channel, almost doubled CNN viewership. Tucker Carson has replaced Rachel Maddow as the most watched news leader. Think about that, how things have changed. But political and social unrest is nothing new. Those in Jesus' time were being warned of the destruction of the temple, of a pending apocalypse. The people were facing social, political, and economic unrest. Those in control didn't get it. Sound familiar to us so many thousands of years later. But we know in scripture there are apocalyptic elements. Daniel, book of Daniel, Revelation, and some of the words of Jesus in Mark and Luke has touched both the church and popular culture. A group called the Mil Millerites of the early 1840s, 1840s, who took to the mountains with nearly 100,000 people to await the return of Christ. The frenzy in the early 1970s that attended the publication of the late great planet Earth. Then there was the Branch Davidians of 1993, the Left Behind books and movies, and Y2K. Remember Jean Dixon, the self-proclaimed astrologist and psychic, best known for her horoscopes, but she also wrote books. In 1971, she had one called Call to Glory, Called to Glory. In this book, she predicted the War of Agamemnon, which would take place in, guess when, 2020. However, she also wrote My Life and Prophecies in 1969, in which she predicted a war between China and Russia that would take place between 2025 and 2037. So it appeared she was covering all of her bases. In case the world didn't end in 2020, she had a chance of the predicted war between China and Russia coming true 25 years later. But this list barely scratches the surface of apocalyptic fever that has raged through human community over the millennia. More recently in 2011, the end of times and the return of Christ caught the attention of the world because a radio preacher named Harold Camping studied the Bible and came to the conclusion that the world would end on May 21st, 2011. After sharing this prediction with his listeners, he used millions of dollars of their donations 
to put his message across 5,000 billboards. Camping estimated 7 billion people would die. But as we know, May 21st, 2011 came and went with no return of Christ. Camping's followers expressed astonishment and disappointment. Some denounced him as a false prophet. He amended the date to October 21st, same year, and the world still didn't end. But it didn't matter. The fad, the fever had subsided. It seems camping, like others, didn't get the message. He should have read Mark 13, verse 32 more carefully. It reads, but that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Mankind, us, may once again think we know everything, but the truth is nothing really endures. Jesus himself said that absolutely everything will pass away, including heaven and earth. Most post-apocalyptic TV shows like The Walking Dead, Snowpiercer, and Raised by Wolves, and Handmaid's Tale are popular. The question for us is this, if everything will come and go, what can we depend on? Yes, everything, my friends, will come and go, except wait for it, the word of God. Jesus says, my words will not pass away. The word of the Lord is our solid foundation in an ever-changing world. So every day we need to keep awake for you do not know when the master will come. That, my brothers and sisters, is where our hope lies, the word of God. But current events make us doubt that hope because we hear of so many things that are going on around us. Just this year, just in 2020, the California wildfire season took off. As of November 24th, just a few days ago, over 9,279 fires have burned. It has burned 4,359,517 acres of God's green earth, making 2020 the largest wildfire season recorded in California's modern history. Then this year, there's the hurricane season that goes from June 1st to tomorrow, November 30th. As again, as of, as of November 24th, there, has been, there have been 30 named storm around us. We ran out of letters of the alphabet and we had to go to another language. No previous season since reliable records nearly 170 years ago have seen this many raised storms. No wonder we hear the end is coming. The end is coming. Well, today, in the season of watching and waiting, like the disciples, we have two Advents. Advent one is the celebration of the birth of Christ, the Christ child that took place on that starry night so long ago. Because we live in, in 2,000 years after that event, our calendars are marked December 25th, marking the birth of Christ. 
But we forget today that the world had been watching and waiting for this Messiah for thousands of years. We forget that the world had been watching and waiting. Have we forgotten that the new parents, Mary and Joseph, had no idea when the new baby was going to be born? It's not as though they went to an obstetrician and got the date of this birth, and that, or that it was like a planned cesarean so that everybody would know in advance the baby's birth. So of course, you know why that's why they ended up in the inn where there was no room. Parents listening today, for those of you who gave birth naturally, was your baby born on the day suggested by the doctor? I know my son was very comfortable where he was and was almost two weeks late. But then we hear today about the second advent, the waiting and watching for the second coming of Christ. We pray about it, and we did today. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We sing about it. Edison did that beautifully earlier. We sing the song, I want to be ready. And of course, my favorite, soon and very soon. When we sing sometimes, and you know these words, when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation, take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. I shall bow in humble adoration and then proclaim, my God, how great thou art which shows the second dimension of the second advent. Our personal advent also is that time if and when we are called by God before the apocalypse comes from the book of Revelation. So what do we do between the first and second advent? Between the already Christmas and the not yet second coming, what do we do in the meanwhile. The challenge for us is to keep awake, awake for the coming of the Lord during this Advent season. There are different kinds of waiting, passive and active. Passive, as you can imagine, means sitting on the couch with the remote in your hand. But then you can also visualize active waiting in the meantime, means as we watch and wait. We should be living our lives in accord with the one who has already come, died, has been raised. Not only will we be prepared to live in the promised realm of God when it comes, but we may experience even now some of what life in the realm will be like. We face this challenge as we enter the season of Advent and begin our march through the wild weeks of decorating, shopping in stores that are managing crowd control, or shopping online, partying with masks and social distancing. And of course, the long-awaited recital will be coming up, but we'll be attending it on Zoom. That's what lies ahead. Jesus is coming to be with us soon. Maybe not in an earth-shaking second coming, but in a personal arrival that's every bit as important as the one to which we'll be coming in the future.
he'll be coming to speak the words that is said in scripture, that we will have eternal power. Heaven and earth will pass away, says Jesus, but my words will not pass away. He'll be coming to gather his people into a community that knows his everlasting salvation, a community stretching from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. He'll be coming to see if we are alert and ready for his arrival, living in a way that is focused on his will and his way. Well, you say, Pastor Kennedy, you don't need to tell me to stay away. I've got so much to do. I don't have time for sleep. I'm overscheduled. My kids are overscheduled. Homeschooling is no joke. I'm running around, but getting nowhere. Going like the Energizer bunny on souped up on batteries. I'm very awake. If anything, I am sleep deprived. I want to suggest to you that you're not physically asleep, but maybe in your worldly wakefulness, we fall asleep to the spiritual season and we need a wake up call from the gospel of Mark. So how to prepare for Advent. I once heard of a, a youth pastor who wanted to start a discussion on core values. So this pastor in Canada asked his youth group, what would you do if your doctor told you you had only 24 hours to live? Now, if we were in church, I would tell you to turn to your neighbor. When I say if we were in church, if we were physically at 777 Grove Street, I tell you to turn to your neighbor and to, to think about that for a while and say what you thought you would do. Well, some of you are with people uh, in your worship space. So if you are with someone, turn to that person or those people and say, what would you do if your doctor told you you had only 24 hours to live? If you're by yourself, think about it. Maybe write it down. What would you do if your doctor told you you had only 24 hours to live? So let's take a moment and think about that. For those of you that are with family, obviously you don't have enough time to talk about that, but that's your homework assignment. Take time as a family or with your friends to think about and express what you would do if you, if you were in that situation. One of the students in this Canadian group that was talked about with friends and family and a discussion seemed to be headed in the right direction. But then Jason, a 13 year old student said, I get a second opinion. His answer, if he was given 24 hours to live by a doctor, he would get a second opinion. And I like Jason's answer because I think it was best because distressing news always seems to warrant a second opinion or another perspective. It helps us handle the situation wisely, which may be why you click through all the news channels because you're looking for 
another opinion. Well, my friends, we are hearing a lot of distressing news these days. Pastor talked about that in our prayer. And many people are content to just pay attention to the news commentators and simply get a human perspective on things. As a result, they are stressed, distressed, and often deceived, sounding like Chicken Little. Do you remember? The sky is falling. The sky is falling. But there is a second opinion available to us as believers in Christ. It's a divine perspective on world events that helps us not only to survive, but to thrive in these dangerous times. This message is not only for us as individuals, but for us as a community of believers. That's what the text in 1 Corinthians is telling us. While the church was watching and waiting, there were problems within the congregation. And Paul began the letters to Corinthians as he usually did, talking about peace and grace. But in the context of the community, this community, the greeting was anything but genetic because grace and peace suggest the qualities of this particular congregation was what they needed most. He was giving thanks not to individuals, but to the collective community for their spiritual gifts. Because we've read both letters of Corinthians, we know the spiritual gifts include prophetic utterances, wisdom, knowledge, ecstatic speech, and interpretation, all of which have been provided by God to be put to use, to be put to service for sustaining the believing community in the meanwhile. Paul, by pointing the believers to that day, reminds them and reminds us that they have received, that we have re what we've received is merely food, fuel for the journey. Our real prize and full inheritance lies ahead. The present time is for waiting, active waiting, that seeks out the life that will please God so that we will be found blameless. There is no time for rivalry, competition or boasting within the church, only for leaning on the strength of the faithful God and for helping one another on toward the goal. Think about it. Scripture tells us you are not lacking any spiritual gift while you wait for the revealing of the Lord. Are you aware of your gifts? How are you using them for the glory of God? The question for us this morning is not what would you do if you had 24 hours to live being told by a doctor, but what would you do if you knew Christ was coming the second time, either today, tomorrow, on, or on December 25th? This passage reminds us as a congregation of FPC that it's just the sort of unlikely place where God is always showing up. In Bethlehem of all places, and in another messy and unpromising place, such as the church, such as 777 Grove Street, or the church in cyberspace. 
It also affirms the eschatological hope, which reminds us that we are living between the two advents, both as individuals and as a church. Today, we lit the Advent candle for hope. What is the hope of Christmas? Well, I leave you with words from scripture. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given to you through Christ Jesus. For in every way, you have been enriched in him in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him, you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. My brothers and sisters, we do not know the day or the hour when the son of man is coming or when our life on earth is done. In the meanwhile, as Reverend Dr. Martin Copenhaver, author and president of Yale Divinity School said, Jesus does not intend for us to predict when he will return. Rather, he is urging us to live as if his return were just around the corner. Jesus does not intend for us to predict when he will return. Rather, he is urging us to live as if his return were just around the corner. Friends, may this be so for you and for me. Amen and amen. If you have been blessed by our message, we welcome you to partner with us in spreading the word of God. Please visit our website, www.fpcirvington.com or follow us on our social media. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more messages like this. May the peace of Christ be with you.